Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Hey there, how are you? Tuesday edition of the Steve Jones Show, day before the 4th of July. Tuesday, July 3rd, 2018, and Sean Carey, News Radio 1070 WKOK. We'll hear from Steve in just a moment in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors Ford Lincoln Hyundai in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on the strip, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. You can find us at stevejonesshow.com. Miss any of our live shows on WKOK, you'll find three months of shows on the podcast archive page. Now, speaking of the podcast, we can get the shows straight to your smartphone and tablet when you subscribe to the Steve Jones Show podcast. It's available on both iTunes, Apple Podcast app, and Google Play. And also, you can shoot us a message anytime. Our email address is Steve Jones, one word, Steve Jones at WKOK.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, our Twitter handle at Steve Jones PSU. Coming up tomorrow afternoon, we'll have Phillies baseball on WKOK. That'll be the uh, back end of a quick two-game set between the Phillies and the Baltimore Orioles. The Phillies have stayed near the top of the National League standings halfway through the season, thanks in large part to strong play at home at CBP. And they'll close out the first half of the home slate of the season tonight. First two games against the Orioles, right-handers Zach Eflin and Alex Cobb will face off tonight. Phillies are 45 and 37 currently, 28 and 16 at home. They had the day off yesterday after taking 3 out of 4 against Washington. Phillies won Sunday in 13 with a walk-off homer from catcher Andrew Knapp. And actually, it was the first time in over 2 years that the Phillies ended a game with a walk-off home run. After the game, Andrew Knapp said a win like that especially against Washington huge for our season. It shows that we're here to stay. A lot of games left, and we've got to keep playing well. We're up there with a lot of those teams. Phillies have won 13 of their last 20, firmly in second place in the National League East, less than two weeks before the All-Star break, so they're looking to pad their win total against the Orioles. They currently have the worst record in baseball, sitting at 24-59. and Zach Eflin is 6-2 and with a 3.02 ERA. He'll make his first start of July after a stellar June. Went 5-0 and last month with a 1.76 ERA. So he went 5-for-5 five five and had one of the most impressive starts of his three-year Major League career last outing. Against the New York Yankees, he threw seven scoreless, giving up only four hits while striking out six. Eflin has never faced Baltimore in 32 career starts. The Orioles are 3-11 and 
in Cobb's 14 starts in 2018, including a loss to Seattle last Wednesday. So we'll have that for you tonight at 6.30 on deck with Jim Jackson. Then Jim will join Scott Fransky and Larry Anderson for the call starting at 7.05 here on WKOK. 3.30 will be the on-deck time tomorrow for the 4th of July and first pitch at 4.05. So that's quick two-game set, Phillies and Orioles. Uh, Phillies will take Thursday off and then travel to Pittsburgh. So we'll have the battle for Pennsylvania this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday from PNC Park, Phillies, and Pittsburgh. So coming up here on today's show, we'll talk a little more NBA free agency. Dieter Kirkenbach from the Mercury News out in the San Francisco Bay Area will join us. Get his take on Boogie Cousins, the uh, latest edition. Boogie Cousins, latest addition to the Golden State Warriors, signing a one-year deal close to $5 million. Let's get Dieter's take on that. Ask him about LeBron and much more everything NBA coming up with Dieter. Now, yesterday, Steve started to bring this topic up in conversation regarding teams in the Big Ten Conference, and eventually it'll turn to teams in the NCAA in football and basketball teams that will release injury reports leading up to their games. And we'll get more on that topic with Paul Meyerberg, is a uh, college football writer for USA Today. So uh, Paul will make his debut here on the show, scheduled to have him join us next hour at 4.06. All right, so you know what's happening tomorrow. Yep, 4th of July, of course. The tradition unlike any other. The Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest, Joey Chestnut, the favorite, the footlong favorite, <laughs> to win his 11th championship in Coney Island. Get this. A lot of cheddar going to be riding on him. Bookmakers say upward of $1 million could be bet across the offshore sportsbook industry <laughs> for the hot dog eating contest alone. Listed as a high favorite, Joey Chestnut, to finish off the most dogs and buns during the 10-minute contest. Years ago, it was 12 minutes. And they cut it down to 10 minutes. Now, the first broadcast, the uh, first time the hot dog eating contest ever took place was back in 1972. It's really developed a cult following with the American betting public. For years, starting in the middle of the morning on July 4th, a flurry of small bets, often 10, 20 bucks, would start showing up on bookmakers' computer screens. Mm hmm. You can't even bet on the contest in Nevada or any of the new states offering legal sports betting this year, this year, because of gaming control regulations. But eh, let's see what will happen next year. Well, this is, um, what is it, uh, Delaware, New Jersey, Nevada. You can place bets now. In fact, I believe the governor of Delaware, the first, he placed the first wager and was on the Phillies. That's right. As a matter of fact, um, we're going to talk about the injury, and I brought this up yesterday, and we're going to get a guest on from USA Today, wrote an article about it today, once again, following the line of the Steve Jones show, they they write articles the next day. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Or it's just a fluke. Uh, One of the two. <laughs> no, it's, it's, I, I, as you know, we talk about different topics here. Uh, now, every once in a while, we'll talk about the same topics everybody else talks about. But, but I would say 50% of the time, we discuss topics here that aren't discussed. 
often. This sports book thing is something that you and I have discussed now for a couple of years because we knew the New Jersey case was moving through. What would it mean? Well, now that it's happened, what's interesting to me as is what hasn't happened. And you know what hasn't happened? Is that the leagues have not had an immediate sports benefit, have not had an immediate financial benefit from having it. Because what happened was states have looked at them and said, uh, why do we have to give you money? We're going to put it on the book anyway. <laughs> That's exactly what the what the rub has been. You know, the states don't get an integrity fee from Nevada. I mean, the leagues don't get an integrity fee from Nevada. That's why you notice they've gone with federal legislation. Now, what do you do with injury reports on the college level? What do you do? And they're trying to, now the NFL's done this for years, and of course that's always been the running joke. Well, why do they do it? Well, the reason they do it is quite simple. They're doing it because the league that 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 is always publicly opposed gambling understands that they need to do it for because there is gambling. And that's what this is going to entail. Now, Penn State President Dr. Eric Barron did the right thing, in my opinion, Sean. He did say to the, to the state legislature, and I believe he did so in a letter, writing to them that, look, can you hold off on this for a couple of years? We want to see how this affects Penn State, Temple Pitt, blah, blah, blah. And he's right to do that. Absolutely right. In ideology which is the area he needs to approach it from, the ideology of it. He's absolutely right in making that request. Now let's get to the next part, the reality of it. The state is not going to do that because the reality is, as I pointed out yesterday, the Steelers, the Eagles, and Penn State football are going to be the top three wagered areas internally in the state. I think that's fair, right? I mean, those would be the three right away that would draw the most interest. And for the state, what they want to do is they want to, you know, this is going to be a state-run proposition. This is where the, you know, the idea is we're doing this to get money. That's the idea. Let's get money. How do you get the money? So you're not going to hold back on that. Now let's bring it to an even bigger picture. New Jersey already has it. New Jersey borders Pennsylvania. Delaware already has it. Delaware borders Pennsylvania. West Virginia is going to get it. I mean, they are they are fast-tracking right now in West Virginia. They're going to get it. They border Pennsylvania. Now, I'm not sure how close New York is. It sounds like they're getting close as well. Well, what's to keep a Pennsylvania resident from going over the border and making a wager on Penn State football? What's to keep somebody from southeastern PA going to Delaware? Or western Pennsylvania going down to West Virginia? What's to keep them from doing it? And the argument will be in the legislature, despite the best intentions of Dr. Barron, and they are the best intentions, right? that realistically, from a financial point of view, I don't want you spending your money on wagers in Delaware, New Jersey, and West Virginia. Quote, I want you, you know, this is the legislator saying, I want you spending it here. 
right? So, now, I believe that Pennsylvania's original bill, and I think Governor Wolf signed this back in October, correct? Uh, would have a 36% tax on it, something like that. Of all the states, I mean, Nevada, I think, is 6 or 7%. I want to say New Jersey, 17 I don't know what Delaware is. 36% is almost like, oh, don't come here and gamble. <laughs> like, I mean, that's not a competitive tax. But uh, we're going to talk about injury reports and the integrity of the game, which I think is, is going to be, I think, a fascinating conversation. Also, uh, Dieter Kurtenbach today, in his usual blunt style, which we like very much, telling us about some of the moves made in the NBA, including Boogie Cousins. Um, going to the Golden State Warriors. The rich get richer. Ken Rosenthal, I thought, wrote a fascinating article on the Orioles ramping up talks on Manny Machado. And, look, there's going to be risk in getting him, not in the risk in the player. I think Manny Machado's having a really a fabulous season. So you'd be getting a guy that's been on a roll. But the risk is the ability to um, keep him. That's what you're, you know, can you keep him? Because his contract runs out at the end of the year, and I think you'd love to have, you know, if if you're going to give up players, prospects, whatever it may be. I'll give you an example. I guess the Orioles really covet J.P. Crawford. The Orioles evidently, according to Ken Rosenthal's article, really covet J.P. Crawford. (sighs) J.P. Crawford is interesting because some people really love him, and there's some people that really don't. And I'm in the really don't category. He, He didn't hit at Lehigh Valley. He's not hitting now. Now, obviously, he's hurt right now. But... That's been the issue with J.P. Crawford to me. Yeah, okay, as a as a fielder, there's no question. He's got a lot of great attributes. But if I and I know that you're talking about, um, a guy that has two months to go, or excuse me, three months to go in his contract. And I know Crawford's only 23 years old. I mean, I know that. But so far, he has not in any way, shape, or form proven he can hit on this level. He just hasn't been able to. He, he's played 57 games in the majors, and he has a 202 average. Oh, and by the way, his minor league average is 269. Okay. He played 215 games in AAA in three seasons. He had 243 total the whole time. So he's never he's never proven 
with the exception of his first year, where he played 53 games in the two rookie leagues, and he had 308. After that, nothing. In fact, his average has gone down. And you look at what he's done. Let's see. He goes 2016, triple-A, double-A. He had 265 at Reading, 244 at Lehigh Valley. Between the two, 250. With the Phillies in 17, he had 214. This is after being at Lehigh Valley where he had um, 243. I mean, it's his inability to hit. I know he's got great potential, but he doesn't hit enough to be... Boy, now he comes cheap. He's a $546,000 rookie. I got that part. And I know he's only 23. But so far, John Paul Crawford has got a way to go. Manny Machado doesn't. Money to keep him. Come back more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applications applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Great to have you with us today on the show. We're going to be talking about injury reports in college football that Big Ten athletic directors proposed to the NCAA, which for the moment has tabled it. And that's not because the NCAA is being nonchalant about it. They tabled it because they just want to put more research into it. But the Big Ten athletic directors got together and in June presented to the NCAA and said, look, the NFL's doing this, and because of new sports book coming out in so many states, uh, we need to consider for the integrity of the game injury reports. So we're going to talk about that. The NBA has had big movement. Boogie Cousins, the ever-reliable one, <laughs> Uh, has gone to the Golden State Warriors. That's an interesting fit. Dieter Kurtenbach from the Mercury News in San Jose is going to join us in the next half hour. Paul Meyerberg from USA Today on sports betting and injury reports in the next hour. Tomorrow we're off, then back Thursday. And Karnak, the Magnificent, will join us in the final half hour Friday. You can't disappoint the king. You know that. No. It's great to have you with us. I hope you're having a great fourth tomorrow. I hope you're going to have a lot of fun. My son Dan's coming in from New Hampshire. We're going to play a little round of golf tomorrow. Maybe watch fireworks on the deck. 
taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15, and Hummel's Wharf. Great to have you with us. I hope you have a great fourth. Safe, fun, kick back, enjoy. And my sincere hope is that my good friend on the other end, Mr. Carey, has the opportunity to relax after what's been a stressful month for him. Thank you, sir. Yeah, we got a great cookout planned for tomorrow. Do some kicking back. Absolutely. Well, a lot of people think the world of you and uh, above above all in this organization, me. So uh, you are just, you are a true gem and we're just privileged to work with you every single day. A and, privilege uh, for me to be part of this show for sure. It's the best part of my day and uh, uh, yeah, we'll never take that for granted. I want you to uh, I want you to relax and have a good time tomorrow. You've had a lot of stress that you've been going through, yet you've handled it in such a way where nobody on the face of the earth would even know anything was going on. Okay, and you know what? You're awfully special. Uh, so enjoy it. I want you to relax, have a good time, and uh, you know, in- enjoy the cookout and. Uh, Make sure Deb cooks. All right, so uh, <laughs> her brothers take care of that. <laughs> oh, perfect! All right, as long as as long as there's qualified professionals. Yes, yeah, we got the chain. The chain of command has been firmly entrenched and locked in for years when it comes to holiday eating gatherings at the. Uh, perfect. At the, yes. Yeah. Yeah. We we we'll, you know, the, the the boys will handle the grilling and uh, she takes care of the dishes with the other girls. So, but I mean, look, obviously, obviously, Sean tells me a lot. I think I pretty much tell me everything <laughs> so, uh, uh, but he in this past like nine months i mean it's little thing here little thing here big thing whatever you'd never know in a million years because of his personality is going now some people are like you know they tell you everything it's you know wine fest 2018 but we'll leave the suits issues for another day so i mean it's <laughs> i prefer beer over wine so <laughs> That's not funny. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> this day in sports history, Rube Marquardt of the New York baseball Giants set a pitching record. In 1912, he won his 19th consecutive game. John McGraw's like, uh, I feel good. I, I, I don't think I'm going to attend the game today. <laughs> Delmar, overlooking the Pacific, opens its racetrack in 1937. 1947, the Cleveland Indians purchased the contract of Larry Doby from the Newark Eagles of the Negro National League. Doby became the first black player to play in the American League. Tony Cloninger of the Atlanta Braves became the first National League pitcher to hit two grand slams in one game. Now, it wasn't a grand slam last night, but did you see Max Scherzer's reaction? Because the game was in Washington last night. The Red Sox had to hit their pitchers. So the Red Sox load the bases, and Rick Porcello, who has probably swung the bat as often in the major leagues as you have, (laughs) 
came to the plate and he doubled in all three runs. And you know, the look on Scherzer's face was, I can't believe I did that. <laughs> 2001, the NBA owners unanimously approve to move the Vancouver Grizzlies to Memphis for the 2001-2002 season. When the Vancouver Grizzlies came to, into existence, their first overall pick was Bryant Big Country Reeves. His son, I saw him play this year twice for Oklahoma State. You know who the original coach of the Vancouver Grizzlies was? Brian Hill, who used to be the head coach at Lehigh and for three years was an assistant coach at Penn State. Brian was the first coach of the Vancouver Grizzlies. So you can take stories and you can localize them. All right. Well, no localization of this story, although I'll say this. There is a little local angle to it. Rajon Rondo, by the way, uh, signed with the Lakers. Well, that means he left New Orleans. So who might be one of the point guard options in New Orleans? Tony Carr. How about that? But the big move was Boogie Cousins signing with the Golden State Warriors. With that, from the Mercury News in San Jose, we bring back our old friend Dieter Kurtenbach. Dieter, welcome back. Hey Steve, how are you? Doing great. <laughs> they didn't get Kyra still. No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't seem like that one's going to go down. But I Yet. do hear that Michael Jordan in his prime is coming back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Um, I think it would be safe to say that Boogie Cousins, as a player, if you're another player, a teammate, a coach, he is an acquired taste. Uh, <laughs> is, is that fair? Yeah, extremely fair. This yes. is um, this is the amazing part about all of this. I know that there's a lot of expectation that the Warriors are just going to roll to another championship, and, and truth be told, that is probably the case. But um, I have I, I remember watching a game when the Pelicans played the Warriors. It was one of the only games that I didn't cover for the you know for the North News covering the Warriors last year. I went with my dad, and we both had a few beers. And my dad is watching DeMarcus Cousins play, and he goes, what's the deal with Cousins? He doesn't know stuff about stuff. And uh, he goes, what's the deal with Cousins? And I, being a bit inebriated, just cut to the chase and said, he's a loser. Don't worry about him. He (laughs) takes himself out of the game. He's a whiner. He's a moper. Just negative energy, negative attitude. I would never sign him in a million years. And um, it's kind of the exact opposite of Draymond Green. This is a guy who doesn't like doing media. The yep. Warrior very open media policy. This is a guy who, frankly, doesn't like being challenged. The Warriors, that is their M.O., challenging people. Um, this is a guy who is going to have to either make a, a bunch of drastic changes or bite his lip for, I don't know, 12 months. Uh, I'm fascinated to see how this goes. The juxtaposition of DeMarcus Cousins on this Warriors team uh, has the propensity to create just the, the most splendid basketball player we've ever seen or I mean, honestly the, the risk is completely imploding this thing from the inside and um, I, I don't know which way it's going to go I would venture to say that the Warriors culture is strong enough to handle a guy like Boogie but I can't say that with certainty and uh, that certainly makes things interesting yeah, give us, give me a read into the personality of Kevin Durant and why that works with a Kevin Durant versus the personality of Boogie Cousins? It's ego. Um, Kevin Kevin's a, a sensitive guy. He's uh, super self-conscious to a fault. Uh, I'll be blunt, to a fault. Uh, I get along. 
along well with Kevin because we're similar in that regard. I don't make nearly as much money or as successful as him, but there's a relatability in that aspect. He's very human. He's very real. And when you have these, you know, multi-million dollar superstars, even though the Warriors locker room is very relatable, that there is clearly a separation of uh, classes when you walk in there between reporters and, and, and athletes closer to the reporters and the fans and all that than he is to say, you know, a guy like Andre Iguodala, who's very understanding of where he stands in sort of the social hierarchy. Mm-hmm. So it works. Now, the, it doesn't always work, to be honest. And this is stuff that doesn't necessarily come out. Um, and, and it's not really an issue, if we're being honest. This is stuff that happens in most every locker room. But right. like, him and Draymond Green, Draymond Green challenges him a lot. And he, anyone who knows Draymond Green knows that Draymond Green does not hold back. And that has created some <laughs> friction in that locker room before. Yeah. But they have worked it out because they're both professionals. They both have the same goal. They both understand how to get at each other. Um, but, you know, Kevin's an easygoing guy. And so when you have these forces of nature, when you have the quiet confidence of Stephen Curry, when you have the intellectual prowess of Andre Gudalo, when you have the just raw energy of Draymond Green, when you have all of those things working, Kevin can fit into that mix. Boogie is never has never played in the playoffs once. And I think there's a reason for that. Oh, yeah, um, you and I both know that. He's a big reason why they haven't. Right. I mean, it's not the biggest reason. I mean, yeah. And it seems like every time he stops playing, oh, the team that he he's not playing for seems to get better. Yeah, suddenly um, New Orleans got better after Boogie, you know, and Sacramento got better after Boogie, uh, you know. Really funny how that works out. So there's a big ego there, um, and, and that's, you know, that is what it is. Big ego, uh, a bit of perhaps entitlement. Um, he is immensely talented, but he, he doesn't have sort of those intangible things. I have not seen them manifest, at least, those intangible things that create winners. And, um, again, when you have Draymond Green holding everybody accountable in that locker room and then putting that effort out on the court every single night, uh, it could completely switch Boogie around. Or this, these guys can butt heads in a really big way and fist fights and arguments that last a whole year. It, it, it is really a combustible situation. Uh, I, I love how everyone just presumes this is going to work because this might honestly lead to the downfall of the Warriors. It could also turn them into a completely immortal basketball team and win, you know, four championships in five years and all that stuff. But. It's not as if they're... While big money to the common man, it is relatively little money to the NBA man. $5.3 million, something like that, that he signed to go there. And he didn't get a lot of interest from a lot of teams either. So does the what the, did the number tell you anything at all? And does is there a hunger level because of the number? Um, yes. I, I, this, the only reason that I would... I didn't immediately pan this move. Um, is ironic because the only way the move can happen is because of the money. It, it's right. because it's clear that the marketplace had completely dried up for DeMarcus Cousins. Uh, I, I have found it fascinating in the aftermath, this assertion from so many in the public that Cousins was lying when he said that he had no other significant offers. Like, like that's a thing you would lie about, and that he was just <laughs> trying to go to the Warriors for three million. Like, exactly. What what an elaborate hoax this is. Um, it, it, it's it's really fascinating to see sort of the mindset of people. The truth of the matter is, this is a guy who's coming off of an injury that I have no 
I have no knowledge of someone who's come back equal or better from the Achilles injury that DeMarcus Cousins just had. I, I, um, you know, my experience with it, it, Dieter, is that it's a year and a half before you're 100 percent in terms of the athletes. In terms of the athletes I've seen with it, what, I don't know what yours is. Yeah, basketball. I mean, that is a death sentence in many regards. Yeah. I mean, again, there's no, there's nobody. And now we're also not exactly dealing with a sprightly figure who's, you know, got out. <laughs> this is a six foot eleven, yeah. two hundred ninety pound man. This is not I, a gazelle a guy. Yeah, Elton Brand had to turn into a two foot jumper after his Achilles injury. What the hell is Boogie Cousins going to have to do? So. Um, <laughs> There's a huge risk there. And he and Boogie was expecting that he was going to get the money that he thought, he, he, that, let's be honest, he deserved before that Achilles injury, that, that teams would just say, whatever we can do to get him in and we'll figure it out on the back end. That, of course, did not happen. Not only because no one's going to take that kind of risk, but because the money had dried up. The cap in 2016 had it stayed relatively flat since then. And so everyone who spent all that money on Luol Deng and Timothy Moskov, they didn't have money to spend right. on a guy like DeMarcus Cousins to take that kind of risk. And then when you're talking about one-year deals, well, who's going to put up $15, 20000000 million? There's not a lot of teams with cap space to begin with. The teams that with cap space don't want to spend it on a guy like DeMarcus Cousins. And it's like, who's going to... It's an interesting conversation, because I'm going to take the conversation from here, and I'm going to take it to the turn then to the Lakers and get his thought on that and then Kawhi Leonard because there had been some thought that maybe the Lakers might go after Cousins. Instead, they got JaVale McGee. So what we'll do is we'll talk to him about the fact the Lakers got McGee, didn't get Cousins, and what about, obviously, Kawhi Leonard? The team that's been shut out in all of this has been the Philadelphia 76ers who have been hoping to make that big splash with somebody and so far, the big move they've made in the offseason, which, by the way, was a good move and a necessary move, was re-signing J.J. Redick. But it doesn't have the same cachet as signing somebody else, obviously LeBron or or acquiring a Kawhi Leonard, which is you know, the possibility of Leonard still on the table. What, what do you give up for him? And so that's where we're going to go uh, next with, uh, with Dieter on that. And we got him back on the line. It's interesting how, okay, LeBron makes the big splash, but there was nobody else that came right. on board, at least yet. Uh, we'll see what what happens with Kawhi Leonard. They got JaVale McGee and not Boogie Cousins. Uh, what have you thought about what the Because the Lakers have made nothing but small moves after, the obviously, the gigantic one with LeBron. I disagree on the small move. Paying Rajon Rondo nine. Oh, yeah. No, I apologize about that. Yeah, right, about Rondo. That's, that's right. I, I was, think, I was thinking small, about that. I was thinking about that from the LeVar Ball point of view. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, it's a small move in terms of, like, meaningful impact. Yeah. Uh, it's not small money, though. No, and it's like, not. That, that's what baffles me. Like, what are the Lakers doing? They gave Lance Stevenson, a guy who I don't think could get $4 million in China right now. Right. They gave him their mid-level exception. That's right. Had they waited a day, DeMarcus Cousins is sitting right there. Um, now, I, I would like to say, I, I think DeMarcus Cousins probably... Obviously, we're having a... a Sorry about that. Oh, that's okay. We're good. I, I don't... We might not be good. <laughs> we might have to redial in one more time. Because I've got to get into the, the Kawhi Leonard situation, and I need to get into the Philadelphia 76ers situation with him. But, yeah, Rondo. Now, Rondo, now what's interesting about Rondo is this. 
You know, let's get to the interesting part about Rondo. If it affects Tony Carr, that's who it affects. I mean, and for Carr, I mean, that, that opens doors. That's about Rondo. That's the first thing I thought of when Rondo went down was about Tony Carr. Uh, uh, sorry about that, Dieter. I'm glad we've like, got it straightened out here. The NBA is trying to shut me down. They don't want these truths. Can you blame them, <laughs> Dieter? Can you blame them? I mean, by the way, Adam Silver holding on four. Uh, okay. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about the the move of Rondo, uh, and that in Brentwood, the Ball family's not happy. Cool. <laughs> Good for them. <laughs> um. Uh, I, I do appreciate how LeBron James has decided that Space Jam 2 will be a reality TV show. Based awesome. Right That's now. just really great. <laughs> All the dominoes suddenly are falling. <laughs> yeah, you guys thought this was about basketball. No, no, no. This, no. Is, a, this is an elaborate, uh, uh, uninterrupted documentary on <laughs> on a crazy ass as ridiculous characters as possible. And that's why it was ridiculous they didn't go out and get Boogie. You really would have put this cast together. Um, I have no idea what the Lakers are doing. Um, I, I presume they're just waiting in the weeds, hoping Kawhi comes around, maybe Jimmy Butler, who knows. Yeah. But um, LeBron signing for three, three-plus there gives them the time to be patient, and it's not as if they're not going to sell tickets next year. So um, maybe they waited out, wait for that 2019 free agency class and, and, and finish off the job then, but they're not a contender right now. I mean, they'll make the playoffs, I presume. Uh, no guarantee there, if we're being totally honest. Uh, and uh, but you know they'll be around and they'll you know they'll draw eyes and all that stuff and they'll give people a couple of minutes. I think Lonzo Ball and, and uh, Kyle Kuzma and Brandon Ingram would be a nice little fit around LeBron. Yeah, but he's more or less playing for the Cavs again, um, it, just in a bigger market. Which I don't know. I guess I guess that's I guess yeah. that's a good move for him. I can't blame the guy for going to L.A. No, no, no. I've been to Cleveland. But uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's not as if Cleveland was getting any better. Yeah, but, uh, exactly. Uh, so, but it's it's it, it's not it's it, it's still the Warriors. I mean, the Houston took a step back. Oklahoma City hasn't done any. I mean, cool they kept Paul George, but like they're not contenders. The Lakers aren't there. I mean, no. it's one team. It's one team. I mean, it's a loaded West, but it's one team. Uh, I have to ask you about Kawhi Leonard. Obviously, he doesn't want to go back to San Antonio. I mean, what is yeah. it? What's going to take to move him? Because, I mean, San Antonio at least for a year holds the cards until he's a free agent. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where I don't think they're going to get any serious offers for him outside of the Lakers. I'm not sure the Lakers have any incentive to provide a serious offer. So maybe there is a third party team um, like the Thunder last year who just decide to go all in on this and, and hope that they can keep him. Maybe Philadelphia is that team. Um, Brett Brown was a former Spurs assistant. They certainly have the assets to make things happen and, uh, you know, theoretically could re-sign him and he'd certainly fit their roster as currently constructed. But if he does want to go back to L.A., if he does want to play for the Lakers, like, and no other team is going to take a one-year risk and give up the assets that I'm sure the Spurs want in order to land a guy for a year when we don't even know what he's going to be like. It's a very similar injury to the Achilles, uh, probably to a lesser extent, of course, but it's not as if we know Kawhi is just going to be Kawhi again all of a sudden. And uh, and two, I mean, you know, but what, what's the incentive of the Lakers to give up a guy like Brandon Ingram or, you know, Lonzo Ball or even Kyle Kuzma? Like, there's none. So I don't know when this impasse breaks. Um, I, don't, I don't know 
um, when the Spurs finally give up and just decide, like, hey, we're we're just going to move on from this, and this toxicity is too much, um, or the Lakers decide to throw in assets of real value, but it just seems it seems it seems like it seems like it, 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 it seems like Kyrie Irving is going to be a Laker. I just don't know if that's in a week three months or, or a year, year. but uh, it seems like it's right. going to happen and it's like right. come on just let's get this over with at least at least the rest of the league is, is acting at a so, <laughs> acting in a fever pitch like get on with the lakers what i like is that in the world of english to refer to assets of real value <laughs> I mean, you, yeah. and I both, you and i both know what they you know, really what did we get here <laughs> assets yeah. of real right. value and that's what it's going to take because you know the spurs want kuzma uh, I mean, above all, and yeah. probably Ingram. They don't want. They don't care about Lonzo Ball. I mean, the word on the street is they want Ingram more than anybody else, and I get it. Like Ingram, I didn't notice because the Lakers were terrible. Right. He shooting. He shot lights out. He shot lights out at the end. And I'm sure the Spurs can put 20 pounds on him, and then it's like, oh, look out! There's there's a player right there. So. I'm sure that's the guy they want. I'm sure that that's the guy that probably the Lakers don't want to give up because even if Lonzo Ball is a really nice uh, option with LeBron as a guy who can play off the ball and all, like I don't think they'll miss LeVar and all that nonsense. So, you know, that, that that's a factor. And Kyle Kuzma is – I guess they could sell high on Kyle Kuzma, but I think the league is kind of privy to the, to the notion that Kyle Kuzma ain't all that. So, um, I, yeah, I, I don't know – when it all goes down, someone's going to have to break. I, I would not put my chips on Greg Popovich to be the first one to crack, though. That's that's my Gee. bet. Jeez, I mean, what kind of bold, you know, come on, let's come up with a bold statement here. That's really benign. Greg Popovich will crack for anybody. Uh, one, fi- one final question. I have to ask you. The Sixers went in with high hopes in this whole thing. I mean, they went yeah. in. They were, we're going to get the, the piece that is going to be the over-the-top piece. The process now takes the jump to the next level. How disappointing has this this part of the process been for them? I don't think it could be that disappointing. They don't have a general manager. I mean, like... That normally, they, that normally is a negative. Yeah, like, uh, who... I mean, uh, I like Brent Brown a lot, but, like, that ain't the guy. So, no. um, they they... They did a nice job in convincing some people that they had a chance at, at sneaking in and stealing LeBron at the last minute. That was never actually the yes. case. Yeah, Denver's did the same thing. So it's yeah. right, but like Denver would have honestly have been a better fit. Yes, like, honestly, like LeBron would have been beautiful in Denver, but yes. it, it wasn't going to happen because he, he was going to LA. He was going to the Lakers. He has two houses there, and he would like to live in them. So um, <laughs> it's. It's one of those things. They're fine. Like, what, what do the Sixers need to do to get over the hump? All they have to do is beat the Celtics and the Pacers. Right. Like, they're fine. I mean, they're, the, the biggest gain that they got was LeBron James leaving the Eastern Conference. And they probably could have beat him next year anyway if he had right. stayed in the Eastern Conference. So, Dieter Kurtenbach from the Mercury News in San Jose. Hope he has a great uh, fourth. Hope you have a great fourth. How about... Columbia just scored late a to- a stoppage time stunner 1-1 with England and by the way Sean how about the goal Belgium scored yesterday another one was very very a- late 
Was yeah, but was that a, as beautiful a goal as you've seen? Yeah. On a length of the field rush, Belgium I mean, is perfect. Well, Colombia just scored. And now England and Colombia are tied 1-1. Wow. Sweden already won today, beat Switzerland 1-0. Next uh, half hour, talk about sportsbook with college football. Also on why another writer thinks Andy Russell should be in the Hall of Fame like we do. This is WKOK Sunbury.